Welcome to The Power Within Her. On this podcast, we're all about seeking self-empowerment to live a life that makes us excited. My name's Megan. I'm a nerdy and super enthusiastic writer and professor with a PhD in English. Together, we'll get intentional by embracing the power of critical thinking and personal growth to achieve those dreams on our hearts. Let's break free of societal expectations, create new stories that serve us, and have some fun with the process of growing into the type of women who embrace the incredible power and potential within ourselves. Are you excited? Let's do this. What's up, girlfriend? I hope that you're having a wonderful Tuesday. We are back with part two of our self-sabotage series, which, let's be real, is an amazing topic in and of itself, but it's even more special because you picked it. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that from time to time I like to put up polls on my stories asking you what you want to hear on the podcast. And the topic of self-sabotage won by a landslide. And I don't blame you. It's an amazing, interesting, important topic. So Like I said before, today is part two of this self-sabotage series. So if you did not listen to part one, make sure to go back and listen to it now because in part one, we talk about four of the nine different types of self-sabotage. And then in today's episode, here in part two, we're going to talk about the remaining five, which are restless, pleaser, hyperachiever, hyperrational, and victim. And like we did last time, we are going to break these down in a whole lot more detail, so just stay tuned. The only other things I wanted to mention before we dive in is that, first of all, um, as I describe each one of these forms of self-sabotage, you're going to resonate with some of them more than others, right? Because self-sabotage shows up differently for each and every one of us. And so the other thing I wanted to say is that to know officially, officially, <laughs> what types of self-sabotage you struggle with, you've got to take Positive Intelligence's quiz, which I've relinked below for you in the show notes. So make sure to take that quiz Because like we talked about last time, it's going to ask you questions and then it's going to rank the different types of self-sabotage for you so that you know how it's showing up in your life because we really want it to be highly individualized and tailored to us, right? So make sure you go take that quiz because it truly is life-changing. It's so informational and it's really, really interesting. Um, And the best part is that it's free, right? So in your results um, of the quiz, it's going to tell you the characteristics of the type of self-sabotage you struggle with, the thoughts and feelings that typically pop up, our justifications for it, the impact on ourselves and on other people, and then my favorite part, the most interesting part, is the origin of that kind of self-sabotage. So you know, in other words, like why we potentially self-sabotage in that particular way right? So interesting. I highly recommend taking the free quiz. Again, it's linked for you below in the show notes. So all of that said, I'm so excited to jump into the remaining five ways that we self-sabotage. So let's, let's dive in. (laughs) So number five, um, is restless. And so this form of self-sabotage looks like searching for greater excitement in the next activity, the next thing, the next thing, right? Or it's this constant state of busyness. So if you struggle with this form of self-sabotage, you're going to be constantly jumping from one thing to the next to the next to the next, right? You're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be at peace or content with your current situation or your current activity. And once again, like we talked about last um, last week in part one, there's a bunch of anxiety-based forms of self-sabotage, and this is another one um, of those, right? So 
Restless is another form of anxiety-based self-sabotage, um, but it's this time based on escape. So it's anxiety-based escape. So to assuage those anxious feelings of missing out or being bored, you're going to self-sabotage by moving on really, really quickly, or you're going to take on too much to stay in that constant state of busyness, right? And you're just going to wind up constantly seeking and going and never landing on one thing or one city or one person, just as a couple examples, right? You're just always going to be searching and moving because you're convinced that there's something else out there that's better. You might have thoughts like, you know, hey, this is fine, but the next thing is going to be even better. Or you might even wonder like, man, what else is out there? What else is next, right? And in and of itself, that is not a bad thing. But where it starts to get into the self-sabotaging territory is when you have something that you love, a job you love, someone else that you love, a business that you love, like whatever it is, it's absolutely wonderful. It is what you want. And then you're like, oh, but what if there's something even better out there? And then you let go of the job, you let go of the person, you let go of the the city or the house or the apartment, like whatever it is, you let go of it and you realize, crap, (laughs) I shouldn't have done that. What I had was actually what I wanted and I threw it away. And This form of self-sabotage is personally ranked fourth for me, and I'm going to be honest, (laughs) um, right now, I don't really identify with it. So the results I've been sharing with you in this self-sabotage series are from a couple of months ago when I took it, Um, so I'm actually kind of wanting to take the test again just to sort of see um, if they've shifted around in terms of order, but right now, um, I don't really identify with the restless uh, form of self-sabotage, but in the past, I absolutely struggled with it. (laughs) Not necessarily in terms of like actually quitting things or leaping um, super fast from one thing to another, but definitely with being so future oriented that I sometimes forgot to enjoy the present moment or the present season. Um, It's really easy for me to get distracted with what's coming next, like the next podcast guest, the next Instagram post, the next class I'm teaching, the next semester, the next book project, like whatever it is, right? I have unintentionally sabotaged joy for myself when it comes to soaking up the current moment, being present where my feet are, just really truly soaking up a season because I'm just wrapped up in this impatience about what's next. And I think it's the reason, (laughs) restless, the form of the uh, restless self-sabotage, I think it's the reason I have two cases, like two bookshelves, not cases, good lord. I have two bookshelves of books right now that are all like unread books. I'm like, oh, what's the next book? What's the next book? And I haven't even like enjoyed the books that I have, right? <laughs> so if you are nodding along or you're laughing, you're like, ooh, I feel kind of seen right now, then this, the 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 restless is most likely one of your self-sabotaging tendencies. But again, to know for sure, you got to take the quiz. So that brings us to number six, which is the pleaser. And this form of self-sabotage looks like trying to gain acceptance and affection by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering others. And when we do that, we lose sight of our own needs and then we become resentful as a result. So we might think things like, if I don't do this, who will? Or to be a good person, I need to put everyone and everything else before me. And when we do this, we're sabotaging our relationships, especially Because we're giving, 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 right? And we're just vanishing into the background. We're trying to pretend that we're someone who doesn't have any needs or wants or desires. And 
that's not good, right? <laughs> because there's going to be nothing left for us. So we're going to wind up resenting other people and sabotaging those those um, those relationships, right? They're going to go sour because we're just giving too much, right? And when we have those um, pleaser tendencies, we're also going to end up sabotaging our own goals and our own own dreams because we're putting them off or we're not starting because we're convinced that we have to put everybody else's stuff before us, whether that's health or goals, whatever. Everything else comes before us. And so we're going to sabotage relationships and ourselves. And this form of self-sabotage is also ranked fourth for me. It's tied with restless and Um, A situation did pop up recently for me (laughs) that I can't share in any kind of detail, but the basic gist of it is I was in a situation where I really felt compelled to say yes, like I had to say yes, Um, but that that, um, feeling compelled to say yes was coming from a place of guilt. It was totally coming from a place of guilt um, rather than a place of love or actual wanting. So I did end up saying no, which super proud of myself for that. (laughs) Um, but if I would have said yes, I am very, very confident that I would have sabotaged my physical and mental health in the process. And that is something I am not interested in doing because I've done it before. And it's not, it's not cute. It's not fun. It's ridiculous to be totally honest with you, right? Um, So I'm really proud of myself for saying no when I absolutely did not want to want to do it, right? And then real quick, um, speaking of saying no, I had on the podcast a couple weeks ago now, um, Natalie Liu, she wrote this book called The Joy of Saying No. It's absolutely freaking amazing, absolutely life-changing, and I have linked that below in the show notes as well. So if you struggle with those people-pleasing tendencies and it does pop up for you a lot in your life, um, go check out that book too because it's an amazing, amazing resource. So again, as I've been describing the um the uh, pleaser, the form of pleaser as a form of self-sabotage and you're nodding or you're laughing (laughs) or you're just like, ooh, that's me, gosh dang it, take the quiz to know for sure, right? So that brings us to number seven, which is the hyper achiever. And this form of self-sabotage is going to manifest through constant performance and achievement so that we can, we we think we can gain a sense of self-respect and validation. So, when we self-sabotage by hyperachieving, we're going to be highly focused on that external success, which is going to lead to unattainable um, and unsustainable workaholic tendencies, and we're going to lose touch with our deeper emotional and relationship needs. So if we're struggling with this type of self-sabotaging behavior, we might think things like, if I can't be outstanding or if I can't be the best, I'm not even going to bother. Like, I'm not even going to touch it with a 10-foot pole, Right. Or we might think I'm only worthy as long as I'm successful and others think well of me. Or my emotions are ridiculous because they're getting in the way of my performance. So, so bleh, I can't even talk. I'm like so excited right now because um, this is such a fun topic, right? Um, so those are some of the things that we might be thinking if we struggle with the hyperachiever form of self-sabotage, right? And when we think like this, we're going to self-sabotage by not even starting, not even going to start at all, right? Because we might think that a specific industry or a space is just too saturated. So we're not even going to bother to write the book. We're not even going to bother to launch the podcast or to apply for the job or whatever because we're like, there's no space for me, right? Right. 
It could also um, manifest by constantly tying our self-worth to what we do or do not achieve, right? So if we fall short of a goal, we're going to think that we're worthless or that we need to just double down and work harder. And, you know, if we do achieve a goal, right, then we're going to be happy, but we're going to already be on to the next thing because we want to achieve. It's all about push, push, pushing to a detriment, right? Very hustle-oriented. Um, I also think that this form of self-sabotage looks like struggling to find out what is aligned for us because focusing on achieving in this case with the hyperachiever, it's not about fulfillment. It's about how others perceive us. So we might be sabotaging our true passion for public image or perception or validation, right? We feel like we have to perform to be loved. And this form of self-sabotage for me is also tied with number four, um, with the restless and pleaser for me. And I think somewhere, honestly, like I really had to think about this one. Um, And I think that somewhere in my teenage years, especially when it came to sports and school, I adopted this belief that working hard meant that I was a good person, right? Meant that I was a good person, which is also a very (laughs) Enneagram one thing to think, right? And I thought that if I wasn't working really hard towards something, I was lazy or I was failing somehow. And I I just, I think about that teenage version of myself all throughout, you know, high school, all throughout college. Like I wasn't performing or achieving for myself. It was always for other people. I wanted to perform well for my parents. I wanted to perform well for my coaches, for my teachers, for my professors. I wanted them to see that I was good and smart and capable, right? It was never about me. It was always about other people. Um, And wanting to achieve, right, is not a bad thing, but that constant sense of pushing and doing it for validation or doing it for other people can wind up being a really, really toxic, not good thing. And when we are hyper achieving to a detriment, right, we're going to be sa- uh, self-sabotaging our own sense of self-worth. We're going to sabotage our health because we're never going to rest, right? Like forget that. And we're going to sabotage a true sense of fulfillment because we are not achieving for ourselves. We're doing it for other people and for the validation that we think that it's going to bring us, right? So if you're nodding along right now, again, it's probably one of your um, major self-sabotaging tendencies too, right? But again, like I keep saying, go take the quiz to know for sure. And then when you take it, you can read more about it, right? So that brings us to number eight, which is victim. And this type of self-sabotaging behavior looks like being temperamental and emotional as a way to gain attention and affection. And it's going to involve an extreme focus on internal feelings or, um, not or, sorry, (laughs) my notes got all jumbled in front of me. So it's going to, let me try that again. So it's going to involve an extreme focus on internal feelings and in particular, the painful ones. And there's also going to be the potential for a martyr streak. So if you're struggling with this form of self-sabotage, you might be thinking like, ugh, nobody gets me. (laughs) Poor me. Terrible things are always happening to me. I'm damaged or I'm flawed. Like I am what I feel. And, or, you know, you might be thinking I need to be rescued. And, you know, people who struggle with that victim um, form of self-sabotage might tend to be a little bit broody, a little bit moody, right? Or even shut down when criticized, even if it's constructive criticism, just like a total shutting down, right? Um, You also might be a little bit dramatic or temperamental. And when it gets tough or it doesn't go according to plan, um, 
we might throw a woe is me pity party and then give up right? So we're going to be self-sabotaging by failing to follow through, even if a goal is aligned, or to get feedback and then, you know, be told that you're less than perfect and then you're going to quit because like, oh, I got criticized. I can't do this, right? Or just to dwell, 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 dwell (laughs) on that piece of criticism or on something negative that happened and then wind up getting stuck and stagnant, right? And oh my gosh, my friend, (laughs) as an Enneagram 1 who does, like me being Enneagram 1, right, who goes to an Enneagram 4, which is more of that like emotionally driven type of Enneagram in stress, because 1s go to 4 in stress, um, you know, I go into all of the negative woe is me feels, right? (laughs) So I 100% relate to a lot been going, or why can't I talk today? (laughs) It's because I'm excited. Um, I 100% can relate to what's been said about this victim self-sabotaging mentality, right? I will 100% have those thoughts of like, ugh, why me? Why is it always me when something doesn't go well or doesn't go right, especially when it comes to tech-related stuff (laughs) or the business back-end stuff with PWH Publishing, right? It's like, oh, like, why didn't the email go through? Like, why is this confusing? Why am I locked out of this account? Why is it always me, right? Like, I do that. I'll be honest and real with you because that's what we're all about on this podcast. I do have those, like, woe is me victim thoughts sometimes, especially when something isn't going how I want it to go. When I wanted it to be easier, it was supposed to be easy, but it's not, right? And I think that this form of self-sabotage can be really damaging to ourselves and even to our relationships, right? Because we might throw in the towel too soon on something or someone that is aligned for us, and then we stay stuck there in those woe is me feelings that just aren't productive, right? And again, if you are nodding along right now, you're like, oh, Megan, why do I feel so seen and called out? It's probably one of your uh, self-sabotaging tendencies too. But again, to know for sure, you got to take the quiz. So check out those show notes. All right, that brings us to the last one, which is hyper-rational. So this type of self-sabotaging behavior involves an intense and exclusive focus on the rational processing of everything, including relationships. So you know, those who struggle with the hyper-rational self-sabotaging tendencies can be perceived as cold, distant, and intellectually arrogant. So if you struggle with this type of self-sabotage, you know, you might be frustrated with others being emotional and not rational enough or anxious about preserving your personal time and energy and resources against any sort of distraction or intrusion or even feeling different, alone, and not understood and often skeptical and cynical. So, Full disclosure, I do not struggle with this form of self-sabotage. Like, I truly racked my brain and I was like, I can't really think of anything that would, would fit this, right? And that makes sense because it is the very last one on the list for me. Like, it's number nine. <laughs> it is way down at the bottom, right? And um, yeah, so I don't really struggle with this form of, um, of self-sabotage, however, I absolutely have been on the receiving end of this kind of self-sabotage. So, for example, um, long time ago, many moons ago, (laughs) um, I had a couple family members who have expressed frustration with me um, in the past for being too, quote-unquote, emotional about certain decisions, right? To them, 
whatever decision I was navigating at the time was an easy decision. Like they interpreted it as a easy decision. But for me, it wasn't that cut and dry and simple. For me, it was really, really freaking hard, right? And then the result of these people telling me that I'm quote unquote too emotional, not rational enough, just like take the emotion out of it, take your heart out of it, it's not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Like that really hurt, (laughs) right? Like that really hurt. That made me feel so unseen, so unheard, and just it really damaged the relationship, like I'm not going to lie to you, right? Like that really hurt. It was really problematic. So my point here is that if you struggle with this form of self-sabotage, I think it can be really damaging to relationships, especially because it could make the other person feel ostracized or like there's something wrong with them, right? And that's no good. So if you're nodding along right now, this could be one of your self-sabotaging tendencies too. But again, like I've been saying, like a broken record, take the quiz to know for sure. It is so So, so, so cool. So life-changing. So that is it, my friend. We've made it (laughs) through all nine of the different ways that self-sabotage pops up. And to wrap up today's episode, I just want to say that sometimes I think that self-sabotaging behaviors can feel like such a concrete part of us. It's like who we are, right? We might think like, oh yeah, like I do tend to wrestle with being a victim or a stickler or a pleaser or a hyperachiever like yeah I do struggle with that it's who I am right but no no it is not that is not who we are it's not who we are it's a tendency it's a behavior it's something that we are potentially inclined to slip into right based on a little bit um, of our personality or on our upbringing right it's something we are inclined to slip into it's not who we are And I know that you probably know that, (laughs) but I just want to shout it from the rooftops because it can be so easy to be like, no, the the victim mentality, self-sabotaging way of thinking, like I've always been that way, like that's just who I am, right? But it's not. It is not who we are. And I think that it is our responsibility, right? It's our responsibility as ambitious, driven, self-aware women to become aware of these individualized ways that we do self-sabotage so that we can work on them and we can keep growing into the best possible versions of ourselves. So for the millionth time, my friend, take the quiz. The link is in the show notes because truly, speaking from experience here, knowing concretely how self-sabotage shows up for me and how it shows up in my relationships and how it shows up in my goals, it is just so wildly helpful to know because like Maya Angelou says, she's my favorite writer and poet. She says, once we know better, we can do better. And as tough as it is to think about all the ways that we can be in our own way, that we can become a twisted pretzel and just prevent ourselves from achieving our goals, from having the best relationships we we want and crave and just being who we were meant to be, it's it's tough to, to know that stuff, but it's so much better to know so that we can work on it. It's so much better to be aware all day long, every single day, every single chance I would get, if I was faced with the decision to know and it be a little bit tough for it to sting or to not know and to be ignorantly blissful and just skip through the skip through the forest with the butterflies, I would choose the tough um, the toughness of knowing because you're going to emerge so much better on the other side, right? So that is where we're going to end today's conversation. You're going to have to come back <laughs> for part three of this self-sabotage series where we are going to dive into some solutions to all nine of these self-sabotaging behaviors. 
I love you, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to slide into my DMs on Instagram where you can find me at Marie to let me know what you liked about this episode, what you resonated with, any of your thoughts. I always love to hear it. I am so grateful for you and I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could either share it on social media and tag me so that I can personally thank you for listening in. Or you could leave a review of the podcast to increase searchability of the power within her so that more women can listen in and grow with us. Either way, I am so grateful that you're here with me spreading the important message about critical thinking and self-empowerment. 